Welcome to the Grey Wolf Podcast. What's up and welcome to episode three of the Grey Wolf Footy Podcast. And it seems, boys, just as we're getting going, things might be slowing down with the AFL. But of course, as always, I'm joined by my right-hand man, Ned Tepper. Hey, hey what's going on, Johnny? Johnny, let's talk some footy. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. And of course, we've got Fabio himself, Matt Gray, sitting <laughs> to my left, looking absolutely dashing today. Thanks. How you going, boys? Yeah, really good. And I should just sort of say that is so true. You are looking very dashing there, man. It looks like you've just jumped out of the shower, but you yeah. said that gel's held on all day. Yeah, yeah it's good product. So from Menco, can oh. we shout that out? Yeah, Menco yeah, and Horsham, yeah. You go there as well, buddy. Yeah, you yeah. See, yeah. look, fresh dudes all around the studio. And that hair, Grace, is on point. You could set your watch to that haircut. Absolutely. Absolutely magnificent. But it has been a very big, I guess, 24 to 48 hours in the AFL with Gillen McLaughlin coming out and, I guess, making the call that we all saw coming that the unfortunately the season's going to be suspended until May 31st and I'm personally worried it might be a bit longer than that Gracie but yeah. sadly we've got a couple of months without any footy it's disappointing. We uh, were sitting at your place yesterday watching the footy and saw the, the news come through that there was going to be a press conference. And then I think within five minutes, Damien Barrett, the, the lead news breaker, apparently. So he had it on Twitter and then it just flowed from there. So was there disappointing. Was flowing through your eyes when it happened, Matt? A little bit because yeah. I was actually doing a ride in Supercoach. So, <laughs> you know, good first up round. But no, it's disappointing because, you know, some of the games are actually not too bad and we'll get stuck into them soon. But it's very disappointing. And, and as you yeah. said, I think it'll be longer than than may and you know there's other sports around the world that are gonna gonna suffer i think so yeah and we've we've spoken about this on the hoops podcast of course it's just the state of the world at the moment and it was really just a matter of time before they made this call and i guess it was what they were expecting when they said it was going to be a 17 round season that at some point they're going to have to have a break and we got one round of footy in and i actually think they did pretty bloody well to get that done i mean and you would have seen all the tweets pat mcafee the nfl punter was watching the game nfl kicker was watching the game that man that was crazy Unreal. he loved it he loved it, it. said it was Unreal. his new favorite sport yeah like i think they've done a lot of good for the sport around the globe but unfortunately you know we got one round in and that's it for a little bit of a break but i personally think it might be a bit longer than that but of course that's not going to slow us down at gray wolf footy we've just launched a new podcast so we're going to fill in the time we've got plenty of things that we're going to bring up but you'll have to wait for a future announcement yes indeed and just a question off the bat to both of you boys here do you feel they should have left it they're talking about a 17 week season to me it would have made sense to start it you know when you've got 17 weeks to go into it so leave it a few weeks off before starting the league what, what do you reckon there or do you think it's good they start as per usual and then the break or it's a tough one because I think we needed football a lot of people did say that that it was good to even get one round in because just after everything that had happened and you know obviously now we've gone into to lockdown in some of the states and you know as I was saying to Fitzy before New Zealand's just gone into even worse a lockdown so I think having that footy just to talk about for a little while will help us all yeah. and I think it, it was good on Thursday night just to sit down and watch that, that first game and just be like oh footy's back for one round at yeah. least but some nah. sense of normalcy yeah, yeah and it's tough like it's tough times I mean you know, it's it's a wider issue than just football of course but I kind of think and we did talk about this Nettie like you know, off air about whether they should have just gone let's wait for five weeks six weeks whatever it is start the season the first of June or whatever so yep. I actually think that might have been the best call in hindsight but mm. at the time 
I mean, you can only make a decision based off what you know. But I actually think, and looking at a few of the games, I think the players were told just to take it a bit easy. I mean, we had some ripping games of football, but I reckon a few of them were running around in second gear, especially some of the top players. Yeah, yeah. That scored quite low in Supercoach, of course, as a result. But just watching a few of the games that I did, I feel like they were told just to take it easy a little bit because the last thing you need to do is an ACL in round one when there's going to be a two-month break. But it does mix things up a little bit. And we talked about it again in the Hoops podcast, Nettie, with the NBA. And and Gracie, you brought it up. If Durant comes back, like imagine now in the AFL with some long-term injuries, potentially players returning at the the end of the year if we do get some more football. But I think, uh, you know, footy always finds a way. They keep saying that. And it would not surprise me to see a grand final in December. Like it really seems like it could happen. Out there, wouldn't it? And I hope you're right. I I definitely hope you're right there. I would have thought leave it the five weeks and then start because surely we'll be in a better position five weeks down the track. Fingers crossed. Yeah, it's it's so tricky because every 24 hours it changes. Absolutely. They made the decision based off what they knew and full credit to Gillan McLaughlin and the rest of the board, I guess, for making that call because that would have been a tough, tough couple of days to make that decision. And I'm actually happy that they did on a personal level. In hindsight, maybe it wasn't the right call, but we got one round of footy in. We've got an international round of guests and people watching the show or watching the, the footy and it's just it's fantastic yeah it's good some of the terminology they were using yeah. the punting at 60 yards or a punt <laughs> kick they were calling it and the finger guns yeah the goal. finger guns I think that was the best thing to come out of it the finger guns so it's going to be a new saying around around the yeah. Aussie world I reckon oh, I, I agree it. but uh, I guess the biggest part of it all Gracie was we finally got to start our super coach rounds off and I mean it's going to be a long wait for round two but six months of preparation for round one has gone in <laughs> it's locked in the books and we're going to do a quick team roundup and let's start with your team which is no longer Gracie's Guns what are we now? No, no Mad Men's Mad Men <laughs> Oh hell yeah and like I said last week you're already off to that early advantage for the best name closely followed <laughs> up by our boy Boners though big <laughs> shout yeah, out to yeah, Boners yeah. he did well too in Supercoach I did see but yeah Fitzy I think you know we had or well, you would hope that most people went Brody Grundy for VC yeah. against Bulldogs he seems to just absolutely tear them up when he plays so we got off to a good start with the second game of him just pumping out a 179 so I did see our mate Sean Bray didn't have him vice captain really and then he ended up with Bonson Pally captain oh, so that sure. really uh, killed his score but anyway we'll keep moving on to our teams <laughs> here but like you know Doherty they read some things that people weren't picking Doherty saying not worth it things like that well he pumped out a 117 so Dan Houston 79 it was okay especially the Gold Coast game they were it was in their forward line most of the time so he didn't yep, get much yep. and it wasn't, wasn't high scoring if it was high scoring more centre bounces more yeah, time for him more contested possessions get clearances and stuff but Lockie Neal was another big one Fitz he was he just killed Hawthorne yesterday but Hawthorne got the got the chocolates in the end and then just usual Dusty did pretty well in the first game and Devin Smith turned up Fitz and uh, Lockie Whitfield as well Nat Fife so all around not too bad I scored 2,222 so two for 222 yeah not bad not bad <laughs> I'm, so. tr- I'm trying to get a call out for our boy where's our boy at Connors 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 wasn't in Gracie's team he's in your team he's in your team in your team. <laughs> no, I should. I tell right. you what. I tell you what. I should have. But right. I'm sorry. I take that. Back. Ned's busting to talk about his boy, so I'm going to read out how Ned's team went. And of course, you listened to some of our feedback. Yep. You had some big scores in that team, man. Like you cracked the 2,000, which is a fantastic effort for round one. We often say that. Some very nice scores across the board. Jeremy Howe had a massive game. 156. He scored. Lockie Neal 157. Ben Cunnington 185. There we go. Damn, that's a big score. I just wanted to score. say, Cunnington, Gracie, and I'm sorry for chopping you off 
there. Yeah, right. it's, it's very rude, but yeah, kind of just super <laughs> impressed me. I thought you were going through a list of the big scorers of this week, but yeah, there I, you have I, it. I, I do, tell you, back. do tell you what, in that third quarter, he lifted North Melbourne. Like at halftime, he was, I think he had like 10 touches or eight touches mm. or something, mm. and he had like 12 in the third quarter. I think 10 of them were contested, and he kicked a goal. Like he just, I think he went from like 40 or 50 super coach to about 130 just He's in that unreal. one quarter. So. I'll tell you what, though, I'm digging. He's grown the hair back a little bit. He went the shaved look last yeah. year. I'll tell you what, I wouldn't mind ruffling my hands through that hair one day, but <laughs> well, he is imagine a trying to ruffle your hand through Gracie's hair at the it moment. spring back <laughs> in a place. <laughs> <don't you> know? <laughs> <laughs> it's unreal, but I guess I can quickly run through my team. I probably had the best starting round that I've had in my history, I reckon, and I can't remember what I scored. 2,300. I did not have Cunners oh, in my team. Man, I'm, he's disrespected the I boys. Know, yeah, I, feel, yeah. I feel awful, but sitting in the top 1%, which again, that's th- good. the highest I've, yeah. I think I've ever finished around the 1,200 mark. A couple of good picks, and I was happy with the few that I flagged early on, like Jeremy Howe, 156, looked great. Rory Laird was fairly solid. Doherty, as Gracie said, was brilliant. The midfield was serviceable. Lockie Neal went massive. Fife and Kelly went as they as they do. Cripps was yep. consistent. Bont was a bit down. He was sort of my, not risky pick, but one I, I sort of, I looked at Dustin Martin on that Thursday night. I think it was the second quarter. He had five touches for 45 super coach points. Yep. I'm like, let's pick some impact players because they're yep. going to make a difference. Yep. And not concerned if we ever get round two. They're playing Carlton, so I'm expecting him to bounce back. The forward line was uh, was pretty solid as well. Whitfield, Martin, Smith all tunning up. Brayshaw was probably the disappointment for me. Yep. I'm not sure what to do about him just yet. It's probably too early to tell. I mean, they've yeah, got yeah. two yep. months to figure his role out, but he did spend a lot of time on the bench, which was yeah. his issue last year. Yep. But when he was on, he did look really good. Yeah. I think his points per minute were 1.14 or thereabouts. So he yep. was fairly solid when yep. he came on, but we've got plenty of time to, to sort him out. And the one guy I forgot to mention was Naismith in the ruck was massive for the Swans. I didn't get to watch the game, but he scored really well. And, and of course, Grundy with his 179. But across yep. the board, the ruck scored fantastic this round. I know you had Sam Jacobs in. Yep. It's almost like, except for Max Gorn, everyone went huge. And that's, I think that's, yeah, a lot of people would have been very happy going from Gorn to a Jacobs or a Naismith or even a Nick Nat did pretty yeah. well. So, yep. yeah, it was save a bit of coin and, and use it elsewhere, which, yeah, which worked for both of us. So it was good. It was. Good around. At least for round one, anyways. I think Gorn only ended up with about 18 hitouts, I think. But like I'm mm. saying, you know, that, that game was the last of the round. They would have been told before the game, guys, just go out, just go through the motions, really. Yep. Like, why would you put your body on the line if you've got no game the week after exactly. the week to get up for? But we better rewind back to Thursday night, Nettie. Richmond and Carlton, which kicked it off in the empty stadium of the MCG, which was a sight to behold. It really was just sitting back and watching. It's had a very much a practice game feel to it, would you yeah. say, watching it in that sense with nobody in the crowd at all. But the Tigers got this one done in the end, 16-9-105, defeating the Blue Baggers, 12-9-81. 24 points in the end. Well, it was close in the end. I think the first five or ten minutes, Fitz and I were worried about Carlton becoming witches hats. It was, <laughs> yeah. what are they, five goals, four or five goals yeah, up? Yeah, they were easy. Um, and then, yeah, I think at halftime, Teague just said, come on, boys, let's actually play some footy. And then the third quarter, like, I mean, Jack Martin kicked three or four goals Massive, in, that, in yeah. that third quarter. So it was a lot closer. Richmond dominated early and then and then Carlton sort of lifted a bit. But the big one that hurt him was Cruiser going down, Fitzy. And yeah, I think huge. if Cruiser had played that whole game, it might have been only a goal or so the difference. So we got your usual suspects. Dusty had 24 touches, kicked a goal. was pretty effective as well. So 126 there. Dion Prestia, another one. I don't think he'd be picked by too many, though.
No. And then you got, you know, Sam Doherty, 117, as we said, Cripps, 112, and then Jack Martin ended up tunning up two fits, so he was on a on a few radars, I know that. So Yeah. But not too many others that I can see that sort of, I guess, stood out for me, but what about you? Yeah, there was a couple there that I'd like to point out. Jacob Wiedering had a massive game on Tom Lynch, kept him to zero goals, and a very dirty game for Lynch, but the benefit if you do have him is he still scored 55 points and yep. he didn't have a single goal, which is fantastic, but Wiedering's got himself 102 from 12 touches and obviously a bunch of spoils, so if that gives any indication of maybe how the year's going to go. Harris Andrews-like. Harris Andrews-like, yeah, because we are talking over the weekend. The one thing with Supercoach Nettie is it's, it's very tricky to explain how the scoring works, and we've tried, I think we tried on the first episode, yep. but they work to a cap where there's 3,300 points for the entire game, so they have to be allocated, and it always meets that, that limit, rather than yep. it just being how many points go out, that's it. So we're seeing a lot of very high Supercoach scores in games where we normally wouldn't, and I think guys like Wiedering and, as you said, Harris yep. Andrews, who get a lot of spoils, will be rewarded. Guys that have big impacts on quarters, such as Dusty, yep. will be rewarded, and, of course, contested ball players like Cunnington and Jack Viney, who we'll talk about a bit later Cunners. on. Cunners was huge, but, you know, in a normal game, he probably he might have only got 130, whereas he gets 180 because of this yep. scaling. So, yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, it was an interesting way to start off the round, and, mm-hmm. you know, let's hope that the Blues can bounce back in two months when they hit <laughs> the field again. Hopefully. They're going to take that oh. momentum from the third and fourth well, quarter into can it. I, we can only hope, can't we? But the one point out, Fitzy, was Nick Newman, 39 super coach. And I know he probably wasn't in too many teams. I think when I last checked, it was only like 2 or 3% if that. But 39 from a guy that was pretty consistent last year. So. Yeah, and it's it's fitting him, Simpson and Doherty, into that same back line. And I think Newman went off briefly with an elbow issue, but he obviously yeah. still played three quarters of the game. But I think you'll probably find that one of those guys may dip in scoring each yep. week and, and it'd, it'd probably be more between Simpson and Newman for mine and then Petrevsky Seaton yep it's a mouthful that name <laughs> he's also playing in the back line too True. so yep. there's going to be maybe a bit less chipping around as the Blues like to do but we'll yep. just have to wait and see then we move on to the Friday night game Ned and it was this game was actually hard to watch at times. It was very hard to watch. I found myself watching and I wonder how much what you were saying comes into this. Were they, you know, not full foot on the throttle sort of thing? Because Gracie here, the madman with his mad men's come out and said the Bulldogs are going to finish in the top four, but they looked pretty woeful Friday night, madman. 5-4-34 being defeated by the Pies, 13-8-86. Collingwood by 52. Hard to watch. What did you take from it? Yeah, it was very hard and, and the Bulldogs threw a bit of poo in my face, I think, so... <laughs> Hopefully they didn't listen to the podcast, but they were pretty disappointing. It was witches, hats for the pies, I think, Fitz. And, you know, as we spoke already, Grundy just dominated. And, like, Tim English is going to be a good ruckman, but he's just not ready. He got a bath. He's not ready. He got a bath. So, and, like, you look at at Grundy when at 57% efficiency and kicked one goal three. Like, imagine if that was 75% and kicked four goals. He would have scored 200 and something. So, you know, and Jeremy Howe, as you said, and side bottom Adams, Pendles, they all, all did their bit so and then you've got for the doggies it was really only like McRae tunned up Bailey Smith and then Hayden Crozier were the only three tons for the doggies fits and yeah it's dire straights almost mm. for the dogs after round one with the two month gap but they really just looked uninterested and you, you talk about the doggies scores there I mean Bontempelli had 76 from 15 touches which is pretty good but he looked like he didn't even care no. honestly he just did not look interested Josh Dunkley had another disappointing score that's a 67 which is his lowest
lowest for a very long time. Yep. So McRae was getting quite a few cheapies in the back line, which he always does. So he'll keep pumping out the scores. It's tricky to see with guys like that if they're going to be able to translate into big scores. We're talking your Tom Mitchells and that. Jack McRae is a perfect example. Yep. They're accumulators. They need the full those full-length quarters to yeah. play the big minutes to get all the possessions. Yep. But McRae was solid, but I fully expect the dogs to bounce back if the draw stays the way it is. They've got Carlton in round two, whenever that is. Yep. So, I mean, look, it's not alarm bells for the dogs yet, but I'm not sure if I said it on the on the first podcast or not, but the Bulldogs' best is amazing and their worst is shocking. Yep. And I think that really exposed them. Yeah, I think I might have. It really exposed them. If Tim English is getting done in the ruck, which does happen, they don't get any clearances. Yep. The, the midfielders do nothing. Their forward line isn't good enough. I don't feel to you know have the chaos ball coming in when you got like an Essendon with Stringer who's picking it up and kicking goals and got guys that are roving. I just don't think they have quite that mix just yet. And you know Ben Cavara was a the debutant. We're all hoping to get something yep. from three possessions and a goal, which I mean you can't expect him to do much more than that. Yeah. But it was just business as usual for Collingwood. And when they're up and about, man, they look really really good. And Tyler Brown was fantastic in his first game. Yep. 64 Super Coach. He attended a few center bounces as well, which is really yeah. nice. So yep. and I think it goes back to some advice we gave with the rookies is just pick them if they're named. They can have a game like that. And I'd say he was I mean he wasn't the best, but he was definitely yep. up there for one of the better players for, for Collingwood. But you know, Ned, I really hate to say, but the Collingwood train's looking really good. Let's hope it derails sometime <laughs> in the next eight we weeks. Can only hope. Maybe <laughs> well, in the grand final again. Yeah, and I tell you what, if the Bulldogs play like that, blue baggers have got them in two oh, months yeah. to three months' time because they look good. <laughs> but yes, on to the next game. It was the Essendon. The Bombers, man, getting it done over the Fremantle Dockers. A close one, too. 9 9 defeating the Dockers 8 9 Jay and his boys not too happy here. No, it was, a, it was a tough game for Fremantle. And I reckon I texted Gracie on Thursday or Friday night and said, man, the Freo team looks very weak. Yep. Like you look through and they've got Nat Fife who's arguably the best player in the league but they really miss a bit around the packs and I mean there's a few good scores for them you know Sam Sturt was fantastic in his debut three goals which is unreal Rory Lobb really took a step up in the third second quarter whenever yep. it was they yep. started coming back and he was just unreal as well but yeah you look down the list man there's a lot of cloggers in there I must well, yeah. admit I yep. really must admit yep. I think Fremantle are great at home but when they've got these sorts of games or the you know the ball's moving around quick you know they just don't look quite as competitive Absolutely. if you know what I'm trying to yep. say they've got what can sh- I say about it? Essendon then, yeah, well, they only won by a goal. They did, but Essendon pretty much controlled all of that game. It was just yeah. one quarter that Fremantle came back and, and yeah. sort of you know, closed the scoring. Okay. But the, I, I just feel like they've got a lot of plotters out there. Like, Sean Darcy's not a very quick ruckman. Brennan Cox is pretty slow as well. Bailey yeah. Banfield. Like, we're not talking superstars, but yeah. you know, I just it's going to be a tough season for Freya for mine. But Essendon looked on, on point and they're another yeah. team that their best is awesome and their worst is pretty Absolutely. bad. Yep. But, you know, Dylan Shield was unreal. 163, which is probably his biggest score I reckon he's ever had, Gracie. Massive. And this shorter quarters suits a guy like Shield. And you've mentioned already, you, you want to look for those impact players. So Shield's definitely one of them. Just bursts out of packs. And like he didn't even kick a goal and went at 77% hitting his targets, which is up from, from yep. usual. I think I sent you a text and, and you said that's definitely way up on what, on what he usually is. So if he keeps that kicking up, there's no reason why he can't be a top 10 midfielder if he Easy. pulls out scores like that. He's going to get the touches. He's going to get the meters gained and might bob up for a goal 
hole or two as well. But like another impact player, and they were talking about it, was Rory Lobb. He played 95% game time, and these shorter quarters, once we do get, if we do get back, he could be one to keep an eye out. I think so. For. So, yep. um, you know, he kicks goals. He's going to ruck a bit as well. And I think with these shorter quarters, you might find a lot of clubs are going to go back to the one ruckman, and it's going to be a, a mobile ruckman mm. that can actually get around the ground, get forward, kick a goal like your lobs. Even um, Darcy Fort for Geelong did it yeah. on Saturday night, so we'll, we'll talk about him later. But these mobile guys like Nick Nat as well. Yep. Yep. Sam Jacobs can do it. Yep. Goldstein, as we yeah. saw yesterday. So, yeah, it's definitely there. Yeah, I think that's a it's an excellent point. I'm looking at that Fremantle team going, man, I need to get Sean Darcy out ASAP and bring yep. in some more legs that could run. And even you, you say Nick Nat, and we'll have a look at the West Coast game in a minute, but Tom Hickey had pretty much no impact on that yep. game. You know, we're talking the old school Ruckman who would just be out there for the taps and then they just go rest in the forward yep. line. I think the days are long gone of that. And we've spoken about that in the AFL for a number of years now. But this year, especially when it's less game time, they've got more time on the field. Rory Lobb is almost like the blueprint of that kind of Ruckman. And Goldstein sort of started it. You know, the mobile yep. Ruckman who can yep. get touches. Grundy's the, you know, he's the gold star example of that as well. But I think the Bombers have got a lot to like this year, Nettie. I think it's going to be a big break between drinks. But yeah, if they play like they did there, again, it was only maybe one quarter that Frio sort of looked like in the game. They came back hard, but the Bombers have got something to build on. Well, there you go, up and about. And how about this one? A very close one. The Adelaide Crows 11-5-71 narrowly going down to the Sydney Swans 11-8-74. What did you fellas take from this one? I watched the, the full game and it was an interesting one because Adelaide got out to a good start and you thought, oh, well, they're going to go on with this. And then Sydney come back and then Adelaide come back in the last quarter and Tex Walker had a shot with, I think, about 20 seconds to go from 55 yeah, the and, and, just, it, and just sprayed it. So, mm. But, like, I mean, Isaac Heaney fits him. Just, wow. Like, yeah. We all, I think we both said, nah, we probably won't pick him because he's going to be up forward. But, I mean, if he does that, 16 touches, four goals, 62% efficiency. So he could improve that a little bit as well. But he looked pretty good on the weekend for mine. And even, like, you know, you got your usuals, Luke Parker and Josh Kennedy did their thing. Your boy that you picked, Naismith, just dominated Riley O'Brien in the ruck. I did not see that coming at all. Obviously, with, you know, Adelaide getting rid of Jacobs and mm. and going with O'Brien. And then, you know, Adelaide, Sloan, always going to pop up and do his thing. Tom Lynch. Riley O'Brien did ton up, but he was relatively ineffective. And he's that discussion again of that he's not a real mobile ruckman. And yeah. that's, I think, what hurt the Crows. And, yep. you know, they've lost Jenkins. They lost Jacobs. Like, I don't know who else there can sort of fill the void. Like, yeah. they tried Billy Frampton a little bit. Even Tex had to go on the ruck at one stage. So they're sort of a bit lost there. Yeah, it's tough, mine. isn't it? And, uh, and one stat that sort of really you know stands out to me with Riley O'Brien is he only had two marks. And we remember when Sam Jacobs was at the top of his game he was averaging six to eight marks a game and that was the way that they played kick it to yep. source down the line he gets the handoff kick it down the forward line and that was their whole game plan was based around that so I agree then I, I sort of watched Riley O'Brien in the in the preseason he's not he's not mobile at all no. he's a good tap ruckman but he just doesn't get around the ground so I think that's where Naismith just dominated him and his Naismith's early draw and Jacobs is the same is brilliant so you really should have picked one of those if you had to listen to yep. our podcast but one thing that I think Naismith gets the nod over Sinclair is his tap work and that's yep. why Kennedy, Parker all had great games like they're turning back the clock some of these guys yep. Heaney was the one who really did slip under the radar and I mean fair enough he, he was injured in the preseason but it was only a thumb so I mean it's not like he's missing out on any aerobic capacity yeah. but he's not the guy that I'm rushing out to grab just yet because he is very up and down look at his stats from the last few yeah, years absolutely. he'll still average between 95 and 100 but you'll be able to pick him up cheaper at some stage yeah the Crows I mean, I didn't get to watch any of this game because I was out with the missus.
Mrs. that are having a romantic getaway for the weekend, <laughs> Natty. It was, <laughs> it was all up and about, but I don't know about the Crows. They're a hard team to pick. I'm pretty sure that we'll, we'll do a ladder preview or a ladder predictor at some stage, but they'd be fairly low for me, I think. And yeah. if they can't yep. win an Adelaide Oval with a full crowd, they're not going to win there with no crowd. So yep. Yep. Uh, unfortunately, it's going to be dire straight for them. And even a few of their rookie options, Fisher, Mackesy, Five touches, sixteen super coach, and you know a lot of people were forced to pick him because there's no other options. Yep. So don't know what you do there, to be honest. At this stage, Ben Davis was okay. You know, fifty-one points, kicked a goal. He'll keep his spot. I'm, I'm yep. fine with him on the bench. Brody Smith was one I'm just having a look at there. Fifty-five. He was becoming a very popular pick to play some midfield time, but he was couldn't quite get it done. Watching that game, he did. Um, he copped a chest knock in quarter two and spent the whole quarter three off the ground, and that's really what where Sydney got yep. back into it because. Smith was actually providing a bit of danger for for the Swans, so he just landed on the ball awkwardly, and he came yeah, back in okay. quarter four, and that's when the Crows started to come back. So shows an important player, but super coach wise, unfortunate for the injury, but I mean, still fifty five. He still yeah. played three quarters of the game. Yeah, yeah. No panic stations just yet, but it is interesting to see Ned that you know Adelaide's game plan needs to change because the old school kicked up the line. Rory Laird gets it, kicks it to Source, handball to Crouch, kick to Tex Walker at centre forward, then you, they drop it over to Jenkins and bets over the backs. Not going to work this year because two of those players aren't there. So mm. three yep. of those players aren't there. But yeah, we'll see. Yeah, alrighty, fellas. Well, let's switch things up to the Gold Coast Suns. And you said this, they were going to have a pretty ordinary one. And well, I guess this sort of goes to show here against the other Adelaide team in Port Adelaide, 10-16-76. Getting it done by 47 points, 4-5-29. Suns not yeah. looking the goods. Unfortunately, I think that means that Port Adelaide sit on top of the ladder for two <laughs> months. months, doesn't it? So. <laughs> yeah. Again, I didn't get to watch much of this game, but going by the stats, man, like Port Adelaide just dominated, and a lot of people were predicting the Gold Coast Suns to come out and actually win this game. So, I mean, to, to lose by that much, that's pretty disappointing. Very much so, and it's your usual guys there. Fitz of your Rockliffe, Ebert, Boak, they were all up there. Even Motlop chipped in a bit as well. There you go. Um, so, yeah, that was all not high scoring. Like, you'd think if they're going to win by a lot, it would be a lot higher scoring, and I think that's where, as I mentioned a bit earlier, that Houston sort of struggled a little bit. You only had the 19 touches. Spent 85% time on the ground. So 79, you know, it's acceptable for a first hit out. And then looking at the Gold Coast, like Took Miller, he's always been up there, Suns-wise. But Hugh Greenwood fits it. A lot of people picked him and they got rewarded. Yeah, so. a lot of people picked him and then jumped off, of mm-hmm. course. And his score is one that we say about this scaling. He had 57 Dream Team and 116 Supercoach. Yep. 18 touches, 13 contested, 77% efficiency. So we're talking yeah. impact players, I mean, it doesn't necessarily just mean midfielders. It's guys like that that just find the yeah. pill. And I mean, that was one of the question marks for Greenwood coming in is, can he do it in and under as much as, you know, some of the bigger names of the competition? And I'd put him on the radar as an upgrade target. Absolutely. You mentioned Dan Houston. He had six tackles, which was the equal most on the field. So yep. I don't think I'd be too worried about him. It's all about yep. role when it comes down to a guy like that. And yep. he's just as like, likely to come out and get 120 next week. But it was good to see Matty Rowell in his first game. Scored a solid 80 points, which is exactly what you want for a guy yep. around that 200k mark, so I was very pleased with that. Connor Butterick, 44 points. You know, he's a 109, 106k bench guy, so I'm not worried about that whatsoever. And on the Port Adelaide side of things, Mitch Georgiatis, if anyone had a forked out a fraction more to pay up for him, yep. he'd be very impressed with that. 78 super coach points from two goals. He had four frees, four, which would have helped quite a bit, but yep. he's a solid guy. Probably, I know he scored more than 
Max King, but similar level, key yeah. forward. You yep. know, his job security should be pretty good depending yep. on when Charlie Dixon comes back. Yep. But like I said before, Ned, we're going to have to put up with Port Adelaide at the top of the ladder. So <laughs> guess not much we can do for a few months. Yeah, <laughs> not much you can do about it and not much we can do about this, unfortunately, Gracie. The Giants <laughs> got it done over your Cats. 17-3-105 to 11-7-73. So nice bounce back, I guess, for the Giants after their <laughs> yeah. last, well, real hit out yep. of that grand final thumping. Yep. What did you take from this one? To be honest, Giants are going to be up there this year. They really probably moved up my power rankings for sure. Thought it was only going to be Richmond West Coast, but Geelong led most of the stats. Like you know, your inside they dominated the inside fifties, clearances, all that sort of stuff. But Giants were just so slick; they didn't waste any opportunities. Geelong fumbled a bit. It was another sort of seesawing game. Giants kicked the first three or four goals, and then Geelong come back, and then Giants got out again. So it was sort of the first eight to ten minutes of the quarter, Giants got out, and then Geelong would. Come back, so it sort of shows, I guess, maybe the fitness levels there. But the Giants, in the end, just eventually got too far ahead mm. that Geelong couldn't rope him back in. But one guy that was a surprise, Fitzy, and I don't know if he's on, if we put him on the radar or not, is Harry Perryman. Twenty yeah. touches, four, four goals. goals. That's pretty impressive. That's impressive. And I looked him up earlier, and he's a mid only. So if he yep. was a forward or a, or a back, we probably would have paid a bit more attention yep. to him. But here's the scary thing, and this is why GWS need to be right up there in your power rankings. If we don't play for two months, Callum Ward's back to full. Yep. Fit. Zach Williams is back to full fitness. I see Adam Kennedy got injured. They're going to have a full roster to pick from, and that's always been their problem is being fit. Yep. And injury-wise, just you know being down on, on players, really. But they looked amazing. And again, I didn't see any of this game, but just looking at the super coach numbers, it looked like they had control yeah. of the Cats pretty easily early yep. on. Uh, let's run through a couple here. Sam Jacobs was unreal. Turned back the clock. 28 hit-outs against Darcy Ford, who I think held Which, himself fairly yeah, well. Watching the game, Darcy Ford, a bit different Stanley is a bit more of a bulkier yep. tap ruckman but he still gets around the ground and he was actually in and under and he probably was a bit more effective in the contest like at ground level than Jacobs but Jacobs probably just got him for experience around the ground so definitely keep an eye because I think he's only about 240 50k yeah, somewhere around cheap. there so very cheap um, forward an too and he went at 37% disposal efficiency yeah. so that could have easily been a 110 and you'd be very yep. pleased with that but going through the GWS players I've already mentioned Perriman Nick Haynes I did see pop up a couple of times potential Australian 114 Jacob Hopper Whitfield Toby Green Josh Kelly all turned up as we expected them to the only one probably a little bit of a disappointment was Tom Green but I wouldn't be worried too much about it at this point everyone sort of got him you know there are some returning players and you've got Jackson Hadley and these guys waiting in the wings but nothing to be too concerned about Mitch Duncan though was a bit of a surprise to me Gracie when I saw these results 120 after limited preseason but you'd be happy with that oh yeah I mean he's he goes under the radar every year for me because you know you've got dangerous cell Wood Ablett there now. We had Kelly last year. He's the guy that just bobs up, gets the you know twenty five yep. touches. He kicked three goals on the weekend, and he was probably one of the reasons they got back into it sort of towards half time and in, in that third quarter. So yeah, like good effort from a limited preseason. And your boy Gaz two fits. He did all right. Wham yeah. back the clock. He looked okay. So good, good. Couple of months off might help him, and well, who knows, he might go on another year. He may. He's hoping. I did message you about this a little bit because Gaz is my boy. He's my favorite player. Looked like he scored. 
fairly well. What role did you see him playing in the game? Because I didn't get to watch it at all. He was half forward, and then when Giants started to get ahead, they pushed him in the midfield a couple yep. of times. But he was that link up, and like if you're a leading forward, I know Hawkins would have loved it. You got Gary Ablett kicking it to you. He's going to hit yeah. you yep. ten out of ten. There was one pass where he was running into the fifty, and instead of having a shot for goal, he just kicked it to the top of the square and hit Gary Rowan on the chest full lead. Wow. Like it's just wow, unreal. Like it was, yeah, it was great. And so. as I said, he was one guy I really wanted to fit in, but it was more the funds. But, you know, it would not surprise me a shorter season, Ned. Gary said it was going to be his last year. He was only going to play 18 games. We might get a full season out of him. Yep. Yeah, that's what we were talking about last week, weren't we? This yep. is where you roll yep. that dice, those plays. Oh yeah. You know. But I tell you what, too, the one thing that stands out to me there about that game, how accurate are the GWS Giants? 17-3. Yeah, Jeez, yeah. Well-drilled machine, that, was... that team. Uh, and again, their premiership favourites, if they can stay healthy. Oh, that's absolutely. What we'll say. Absolutely. As I said, they jumped up into that team that can challenge yeah. the Tigers. I mean, I know we, they got belted last year, but adding Sam Jacobs is just going to... Yep, yeah. healthy midfield. Oh, yeah. I mean, they'd be at top of Gracie's power rankings, Nettie, which will come in a future episode. Yep. <laughs> Look at that power hair as well. <laughs> I just can't stop looking at it. But here's the one that we need to talk about. It is the North Melbourne Roos. The Roos, yeah. man. Yeah, Covington up and about. <laughs> Do you call them the Rubaggers? Ruboys. Okay, Ruboys. Let's go for it. Eight, eight, fifty-six. They got it done behind Cunnington. Seven and twelve, fifty-four. The Saints. Another close one. Yeah. So these boys weren't mucking around. They weren't leaving the cues in the racks. They all guns blazing. Yeah, and I feel like it was one that we stole off the Saints in a way. Like they yep. kicked very inaccurately, but North Melbourne were fairly ordinary for a lot of the game. And of course, we lost Josh Walker early. Paul Ahern got injured. Zebel's done a knee, which I yep. mean, again, it was an MCL. I think. So that could yep. be a couple month injury. So he might he might not even miss a game. <laughs> Probably not. But Ben Cunnington was unreal, absolutely unreal. Twenty five touches, two goals, sixteen contested possessions, and Eddie's punching the air right now because he had a lazy one hundred and eighty five super coach points. Which you know we got to say here. I mean, scoring a hundred is good. <laughs> scoring almost two hundred is unreal. So fantastic effort from him. Todd Goldstein was unreal again. You know we keep talking about that mobile ruckman. He really has no one to back him up. So he's going to play every minute absolutely. of every game. He played 98% in fact in this game Jai Simpkin was one that I did consider at one point did get a lot of centre bounce attendances so if you're getting a bit nervous about Andy Brayshaw you might consider flicking across he's in that bracket with you know Jack Stephen now with a couple months off gives Stephen even more time to get his body right as well so there was a lot of talk about him after the game fits and wouldn't be surprised if a few people jump from Brayshaw to Simpkin or or a Stephen so yeah very similar price yeah absolutely and then looking at the Saints it was sort of the year Usual steel billings. Zach Jones fits he stepped up pretty well in his in his first game as well. So kicked three behinds, which you know, 113 could have been a hell of a lot more and 59% disposal efficiency as well. So. Yeah, I feel like he's got a good role in that team as well. He just sort of lurks along the wing. He's not a traditional wingman, but you see him pop up in the back line, he pops up in the forward line, as you can see. Could have easily had a couple of goals and had a really yep. nice score. But I know one guy you did mention was Ben Long earlier on, and he went off with an injury at one point and then came yep. back and was completely fine, but he had a beautiful Beautiful game. 100 and, was it 118 super coach yep. with 14 touches, which is unreal. Yeah, and 11 contested possessions of those 14. So he's definitely one um, you, know, you could keep an eye on as well. He's a, a backman, 283K. So people that got Robertson, which we'll talk about, you could go from Robertson to him if you've got an extra 20K. So, And then speaking of Robertson, only had the eight touches. Fitzy played 82% game time. So that's a, a little bit concerning for me. I know it's his first game back in a little while, but maybe he's not going to get back to what he was. It's tough. 
he's one that you probably want to have another look at. I think two yeah. months is going to do him a world of good because you've got to remember how close he was to retiring and we did mm. discuss this in our St Kilda preview but I'd be inclined to give him one more week because the role's still there for him. Probably one downside is he did have to play tall against yep. Larky which you know there's not too many forward lines nowadays that have got two massive guys in there with Larky and, and Ben Brown so yep. it was a bit of a different situation for him but he'd be inclined to give him one more game. If his break even's only around 70 or 80 he's not going to lose too much. He yep. might take one more look at him but yep. Max King was also really good and we've discussed him already briefly. Two goals, job security is pretty tight so yep. you'd be happy with that but yeah I'm very happy Nettie. The uh, Roos are in the top eight. Well, I think we're seventh at the moment so I'm going to take that and yeah, everyone gets stuffed for two months. <laughs> yeah no definitely hang on to that and I was just thinking during that we need to get Cunnington on the podcast. Good one. Yeah I'll tell him is about it? ruffling my hand through his hair. Yeah I'm not, we'll have to hold him back. Gracie we could creep him out there but on to the one that I don't really want to talk about. It was the Hawks. I shouldn't have come out and said about the colours. I've obviously, you know, cursed the Lions here, but <laughs> they got it done. 14-6-90, 28 points over the Lions, 9-8-62. What's happening here with the boys, man? What's happening? <laughs> well, maybe we can make up an excuse for them that they would have found out at half time that the yep. season was done, yep. so they've just hung yeah. the boots up for the afternoon and we'll go yeah, to Cole one early. But Lockie Neal was amazing, Ned. You had him in your team. Ten tackles, if you don't mind. Just went about his business. I know a few people were concerned in the preseason, but he was fantastic. Harris Andrews, another one we spoke about earlier with the, the Jacob Weedering. Yep. Andrews are all of a sudden very relevant picks. Steph Martin got injured too. Ned only played half the game, so that wouldn't have helped losing the big Ruckman. Mm. Although, Gracie, the, the rookies are a bit disappointing. Of course, Devin Robertson came in as a late inclusion, scored 47. Yep. Few people might have started with him, maybe to yep. use as a loophole, which hopefully they <laughs> worked out early. Well, but yeah, hopefully. The team. Brandon Stasevich only scored the 28 points, nine touches. I'm going to stick with him. I think he'll find his spot in there, but you've got to remember this is a very bizarre round and it would have been a very bizarre second half of this game but Hawthorne looked pretty damn good let's be honest yep Oh, yeah, absolutely. And Brisbane did get out to that early lead, a couple of goals, and then Hawks. That was sort of, I guess, the of the round. It was just, you know, one team would kick a few, then they'd, the other team would come back. So, But just the usuals, Fitz, like Shields, Smith, O'Meara, Mitchell and Bruce. Sean Burgoyne went back the clock. Fitzy, 10 touches, went at 90% disposal wow. efficiency, three goals from a guy that's, I don't know, nearly 40, isn't he? He does pretty well. So it was just the usual suspects. John Segler, Fitzy, a lot of people had him, especially if you're going that second ruck, which you weren't sure about, and you had that third ruck as a forward, yep. you could switch him around. He scored 101, did quite well, so there was some good signs there from some of the Hawks boys, especially, and you may have mentioned him too when we covered off the Hawks, was uh, Chad Wingard fits Yeah, in. yeah, I did mention him, and he's in my draft league side, and he looked fantastic. Kicked three goals, 20 touches, that's a fairly typical Chad Wingard game. It's just yep. a matter of can he do it every week for mine, so Jonathan Segler was good as you mentioned. He only had eight touches though so obviously a lot of those hitouts must have been effective but they did look really good but one thing I want to quickly point out was Tom Mitchell's score. I actually find it a little bit strange considering like Cunnington 185 from 25 touches. Mitchell had the same 25 touches 14 of those were contested. He went at 84%. He had a couple of clangers but going by some other stats I would have thought that would have been a much higher score than 119. Not that you'd be disappointed with it but. Yeah he was tracking 
high early, especially that second quarter. Him and Neil were right up there. But then I think, yeah, just may have been just the handballs, probably going backwards because he does do a lot of those yep. backward handballs as well. So, and obviously with, you know, there's what, six or seven tons there from the Hawks players that probably would have stolen points too. So, and at time of the game, like he may have got some of those touches late when the game was pretty much done and they're not yep, worth yep. as much. So that's, that's the other thing. That brings at. me back to the point I said earlier when I mentioned McCrae's, these guys that usually accumulate possessions like, you know, last year or the year before, that would have been a 40 touch game for Tom Mitchell. Yep. But now he's got how many less minutes to get those touches. So, yep. you know, and Cripps is probably very similar to that. He gets a lot more contested touches, but, yep. you know, to get 40 needs that full game time. So we'll see how that sort of pans out during the season. But it's an interesting one. And like I said, they would have found out at half time that the season's uh, suspended. So that's potentially... What, that's what we'll go with then. So they're not going to draw Melbourne. We'll just, we'll just run with that, <laughs> which is still a little upsetting. But a anyways, little. on to the next game, which is Melbourne and the West Coast Eagles. 12-6-78, the Eagles getting it done by 27 points over the D's, 7-9-51. This is one I'd say that most of the players would have put the queue in the rack by now, having found out that yep. the season was going yep. to be suspended. But one guy we've got to talk about, Gracie, was Jack Viney, who you did mention in our podcast. I wrote him off, probably for fair reason. Couldn't see where the improvement would come from, but he really proved me wrong. 34 disposals. He kicked a goal. He had 20 contested possessions. He went at 70% disposal efficiency. He only played three quarters of the game. Yep. I'm surprised he didn't score more. Yeah, and four free kicks, four as well. That's massive. And he's definitely one that, you know, if you've got that fifth midfielder who may not have performed as well, you know, he might have gone on a cluggage type. You could quite easily yep. look at downgrading yep. to Viney because Viney, I think I looked at his projected, he scores about a 90 or 100 in round two if it does get there. He's going to go up about 60K. So Jeez. that's a lot of money you'll make going down. And then you're going to be yeah. back up there pretty much. And with the, you know, the 30 trades that we've got for if it's still going to be the 17 rounds, mm. you've mm. got the luxury there of, of being able to do it. That's so. an excellent point, Grace. And we should have pointed out that usually the price changes are after three weeks, whereas yep. they changed it to be after two weeks. So all of a sudden we'd say in the past, we don't really worry too much about round one scores, but now we kind of have to. And I yep. think I'm thinking to myself, geez, I could trade Bont down to Viney and then I could trade Brayshrod to my boy Gaz and I'm yep. all set. I've like, got my favorite <laughs> players then, but he was fantastic. And I do think we need to think a bit differently with our trades this year once it does come back around again. Yep. But Christian Petraka was another one who had some question marks around him. You'd be very pleased with that 105 and probably more so his role. Looked like he played midfield most of the game. 24 disposals, which is fantastic. Clayton Oliver wasn't too far off, scored a 99, but yep. Max Gorn was a bit... I'd be pretty disappointed with that score. Only 18 hitouts, which would have to be the lowest he's had in a very long time. Absolutely. With 96% game time, two fits compared to Nick Nat, who had 23 hitouts in 61% wow. game time. So I don't know whether Gorn's still lagging from that injury, and that's sort of part of the reason why you know I was jumping on and off Gorn as the second ruck, and for all those people that decided to go a Jacobs or a Naismith or a Nick Nat, you've been repaid yeah. by saving that money and using it elsewhere. So, But hopefully, you know, this couple of months off gets himself right, fully fit, because we know how good he can be, but it's very, very interesting. Yeah, he's, he's still the second best super coach ruck, regardless oh, yeah. of the round one scores, and if you've got him, you're definitely not trading him out. No. He's a guy you just need to stick through. But a couple of the rookies there, Kasaya Pickett scored 57, kicked himself a couple of goals. Toby Bedford, who I think we did, we might have mentioned that we said probably yep. not an option for us. He had 39, which is a little bit lazy, but it's on the West Coast side, man, they look pretty good. Shannon Hearn picked up where he left off early last year, 152, and I don't think he was really on anybody's radar, but that's unreal. He's in my Supercoach draft, which oh, he, he helped me beat you, so that's, <laughs> that's good. That's all that matters. <laughs> He's happy. But of 
course, Dom Sheed, he looks like he could be the pick of those midfielders, 128. Andrew Gaff, 119, very solid. Shuey, 104. The one guy who I talked up that went poo was <laughs> poor old Elliot Yo, 57. He had seven frees against. Wow. So I'm going to say that was the reason why he went yep. so low. But, you know what, I think we could almost have written this game off and no one yep. would have noticed. But, again, you know, we said Tom Hickey earlier. Yep. Four touches, eight hitouts. He's no way near going to be playing next time. Nah. Bailey yeah. Williams is the man for me for that ruck two spot. You can play a bit forward, a bit of back, but Nettie, it was uh, you know it was probably a bit of a, a somber moment after that game coming in. They knew that it was going to be it for a little while, so let's just say a couple of them must have put the cue in the rack, as we said before. <laughs> yeah, so that sort of wraps it up for it, doesn't it, for round one? What are your takes on the whole thing? How would you wrap it up? Nice way to start the season? Yeah, I think we got a taste of some footy, which is what we wanted, and I guess we got an idea of, of what it's going to be like, hopefully when it comes back and I know one thing pointing out Fizz was a big talking point was the free kicks especially inside 50 yep. the amount of goals that were kicked from free kicks the first two games I think come Saturday yeah that's all that people were talking about apart from when's the round going to be mm. suspended mm. or the season suspended so it was good to get around and obviously we saw the American audience which is they got their taste and hopefully they'll yep. stick it out and watch us when it comes back yeah. even though it's going to be probably around NFL time but um, <laughs> things tricky yeah but but no, hopefully um, I, I enjoyed it. And even though my team didn't win and Ned was probably the same, Lions Mine not did. winning, but yeah. that's a first, isn't it? <laughs> it's been for a while, but yeah, you, you're spot on when you say it was a little bit of a sample. Like we've had our entree and now we've got to wait for two months for our main meal, which is a bit of a shame, but it was really good. And, and I said credit to the league for actually being able to get round one going and you know it appealed to the international audience and they've really just gone with off, off the information they've had at the time. And I think they made the right call in hindsight, Maybe not, but, you know, we got one round in. But Grey Wolf footy is going to continue, Eddie. We're not stopping yeah, here. Yeah, most definitely is. And that's something you're going to have to sort of just watch this space for. Grey Wolf footy, what's up next? We'll have to get the our power rankings might <laughs> yeah. be the next one. So that'll exactly be that'll right. be next episode. And hopefully we'll have some special guests, Nettie. There's a few things going around. The the feels have been put out. So keep an eye on our socials and uh, make sure if you're enjoying these podcasts, give us a rating, give us a like, share some love because it means a lot to us. Yeah, hell yeah. And be sure to check out all of our previous interviews and whatnot. If you're into basketball into hoops, we've got a interview with Mitch McCarron now, Bianca Belair from the WWE's on there with our boy Nims. Plenty of interviews, plenty of fun, all happening at Grey Wolf. Madman Matt Grace, I guess you got two months to be chasing after the ladies. Yeah, brother. look out. <laughs> His hair will look the same in two months. You can be sure of that. That's some solid hair product. Although I might not get into a hairdresser soon, so I might have to shave it all off myself. That's true. That's why I'm growing the beard out. See how it looks. <laughs> Getting ready for the zombie apocalypse, Johnny. <laughs> yeah. Well, I reckon that having a beard's worse for coronavirus. So. I did see that. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't, don't have that's to worry. Go. No, that's exactly <laughs> right. Yeah, so, you know, I'll just, I'll be the one. I'll be patient zero and I'll just take care of it. Boys, no worries. <laughs> this has been another presentation from the Grey Wolf Entertainment Network. Greywolfentertainment.net.